We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. What is up, everyone? Is that, is that the win of the season? Waiting for Andy to get in here. We'll see who's ready. Um, let's see. Wow. Let's get it going. Let's get Ben up here. Let's get Ben Cruz up here to talk real quick. Ben, what is up, my man? Sam, how are you? I'm good. How are you feeling after that game? Uh... I feel like it was like a fever dream. Uh, it just kind of made no sense, like at all. And then, but at the same time, when overtime hit and, and Steph was shooting, I was like, "Oh, he's he's probably going to make that." Like it, nothing, nothing about it made sense. So does it does not matter that he missed like fifteen shots in a row or whatever was going on there. That was one of his worst shooting nights of the season. And you know, Steph's going to do Steph things, right? Right. It was, uh, it was pretty unreal, but hey, a win is a win, <laughs> I suppose. We'll take gotta, it. Got to take it. Hey, chasing wins now. We're chasing the wins now. Absolutely. Rick, Ricky, <laughs> what do you got for us? Now, can you hear me? I can hear you, Ricky. Well, I would have come in. If the Warriors lost that game, I would have said, um, you know, should they have faked a positive test to get the game canceled? But... Uh, <laughs> You know, you know this next road trip. You know, it, it's. Uh, I feel like it's very important because you know you got some very winnable games here. Like, well, for you though, what would be the ideal record over these next um, these next few games? Oh, they gotta get they they gotta come away with a winning record. Um, so I think we're assuming Draymond's gonna play. 
on um, on Friday. You know, you never know. But the assumption is the late scratch today was preventative. So just looking at the schedule, let me look at this right now. We got Magic, Hornets, Knicks, Pacers. That's your four-game road trip. You better go three and one through that. I, the Warriors better be nineteen and fourteen after this road trip. Have a little, uh, little cushion. Maybe maybe get themselves up to the six seed. That's what I'm thinking. What do you think, Ricky? Oh, I agree. I think three and one's the, the, the mark here. Um, but uh, you know, well, then again, it also depends on if you know they don't play Charlotte this weekend because they, you know they're having their issues on their end. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, everything's in flux with, with regards to the schedule, but we'll see. Wait, we appreciate you, Ricky. We're going to keep it moving. We got to, uh, we got to get start talking on this game right now. Andy Lou, wow, are you just going to make the smiley picture like your default going forward? Look, look, man, smiley played today. Looked amazing. Yeah, he, he played the minor. Out. He played in the minor leagues. Congrats, man. <laughs> looked amazing. I got you. I got a question for you, Sam. I got a question. For you. Okay. Do you think Steph has too much help? You know. <laughs> Were you seeing that where people are like, "Dame is doing this without CJ," and I'm like, "What, what is going on, man?" It's like he has no. What it seems only when players play next to Steph, they become good. Like, I'm not sure. Or actually, no. I know for a fact everyone made fun of the Warriors for choosing Wiggins over. Uh, Covington, right? Like Covington's the better player. All of a sudden, Wiggins is help and Dame's doing it by himself. It's just always the same little story, you know, just because Steph doesn't dribble it 15 times in a circle (laughs) and scowl. He has, he has, uh, he has help. That's, this is how it works on the internet. We know, we know this. It's not going to change until he retires and everyone's going to pretend they didn't slander him ever. That is the uh, that which what we call the Kobe treatment. And by the way, I bring that up because tonight was a Kobe game by Steph. Just yes. shit, like absolute shit. And then when the lights turn on, what Kalenda said, I thought it was great. He made all the big shots, and I think that was that was fantastic. And and he looked upset. Like I, my favorite part of uh, my favorite part of it was post game. You know, Steph's just. You can tell he's more upset that he missed fifteen shots, and oh, then boy. he hit the ones to win the game. Like just a very just a, a, a sociopathic. He's just like, I can't believe I went five for twenty from three. I think that's when he ended that. <laughs> yeah, five yeah, for twenty. It was I, I, honestly five. That, five for twenty is insane. Insane. The guy shot twenty threes and what? Sam, you would say like eight of them were wide open, like absolutely wide open, and he made like maybe I mean, one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost. The ones he hit too were all like step backs from the elbows. So I mean, kudos to Steph, but it's it's almost like he shoots better when he's guarded than when he's not. The last the last one with him losing the ball, then kind of picking it up, then just shooting it right over Kendrick. No, just perfect Steph Curry, and then and then the dribble. I mean, the the dribble and fade to the right. I mean, step back to the right and shoot it. It's a really hard shot for a guy that's right handed to shoot to the right. To step back to the right, and that's that's it's kind of he's more comfortable doing that. Actually, I should take that back. He's comfortable doing it either way. But uh, yeah, I think the, uh, the I like it, the it feels like he's more comfortable doing it because no one's comfortable doing that shot. <laughs> yeah. He looks natural with it. I mean, I think the wild thing is not not to get too crazy into the stats, but um, those those corner or not corner those those elbow threes, kind of the hardest three you can take, right? 
when he's shooting from the sides, not straight on, not from mm-hmm. the corners. Mm-hmm. He's 46% on the season on like 230 attempts. Um, I, you know, it's just, I don't know what you say. Like it's, he hits that, uh, you know, elbow 28 foot step back three at a, at a proficiency that no one, no human should. We're watching the highlights of it right now. The ones he hit to, to sink the game. He hits those at 46%, 45% from the left side, 47% from the right side. I mean, it's just, he, he hits those at a higher percentage than straight on or from the corners. And that's just, I, I don't even know what you do with that, right? Uh, I'm, I'm reading the mentions. Uh, people are very excited in the chat um, right now. But no, I mean, there's... I felt like there were a lot of times in the in the fourth quarter there that uh, the Warriors went decoy stuff a lot, and yeah, it worked. I mean, some of it worked. Ken Bazemore, Sam, was that like Ken Bazemore, Andrew Wiggins, and Kelly Oubre, who are all you know had their moments of fantastic play tonight, and then their moments right. of like super like what the hell is going on? Like that's <laughs> really the epitome of all three of those players, but. They've all, they all had their moments. Like we can go one by one with those guys, but Ken Bazemore made one of the biggest buckets to get them, uh, uh, to get them the, um, to get them tied up in the lead in the, in the late in the fourth. And he's what Ken Bazemore is, is he's fearless. Um, he's kind of like Kelly Oubre where he's fearless, uh, and, and not like Andrew Wiggins, but he's also like the best finisher amongst those three guys. Like when he drives to the hole, you actually think he's finishing the ball. Unlike the other two. So, I mean, that's really what he did tonight uh, on top of making a bunch of threes, too. I mean, how much were they missing a player like Bazemore the last <laughs> few years? But just just because, like, off um, the bench, yeah. you know, th- this was the type of game where they would have lost it in previous years just because it was like, well, no one's hitting shots, not our night. We'll just we'll just call it a game and pack it up. And having someone like Bazemore who, like, I, I'm not sure Bazemore knows if he's up 30 points or down 30 <laughs> points. Like he plays with the same energy level at all times. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need a guy who's just like, you know, F it. I'm just going to, you know, keep making plays. And that's all it took. Quite frankly, the heat were, I thought the heat beat guys we talked with last night were uh, a little melodramatic. Uh, maybe not because that was a disgusting effort on their end. Like they, I don't know how they blew that game there, but honestly, that was that was pure effort from the Warriors to just come back into it, right? Yeah, pure effort. Eric Pascal, let's not forget Eric Pascal, right? Another guy with great effort. Like some of the times, like by the way, Pascal, hot, hot Mike All Star. Ooh, did you hear what he said? Did you guys? Yeah. Did you guys hear what he said? Uh, I, I didn't know if it was him or not until I saw your tweet, and then I was like, wow. Like he, he's, <laughs> what did he say, Sam? He said, get the fuck up, you know, because he, he shot the ball short on the free throw, uh, which I thought is like, that's some Draymond stuff, right? Like that's some Draymond style stuff. But he he brought the energy. I, I think with Pascal, I think a lot of people are like, oh, is he hurt? Is he not hurt? I mean, he's a second round pick bench guy. Like he's going to have some good games. He's going to have some bad games. And tonight he had one of those good games because I think before the season started, Sam and I had talked a lot about the energy of this team. Like you don't have Iguodala, Livingston. Draymond, KD, like those guys don't care about the regular season, but like we've got guys out here that are playing for their lives, like Kelly Oubre, Wiggins, and and Bazemore, those guys are playing for the NBA career still, despite the fact that they make a lot of money, right? They still want to be able to show that they're good, and I think this is one of the games where Miami had a few good runs, but Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, like those guys aren't Stephen Clay, they're not bubble, they're not bubble, they're not in the bubble anymore, Sam, like it just, it didn't feel like there was enough (laughs) offense from, from those two guys or from anybody. 
on that side. That's how they came back. Yeah, absolutely. And they were just, I mean, well, the heat is another conversation, but yeah, yeah. I just feel like this one, this was an effort win. Was this the best Warriors win of the season for you? Uh, well, this felt a lot like the Lakers game. Uh, right, right. It, yeah. it felt a lot like that. I, I felt very frustrated through like three and a half quarters till about like five, six minutes left. Then I was like, okay, you know, they're down eight. You know, this could be a game and they end up coming back, right? It felt a little bit like the Lakers game, uh, a little bit like the Clippers game. The Clippers, they kind of had an explosion. I'd say those are probably the best wins, Sam. But like in terms of like a, a sustainable win, like this is the best one. Like this is game you're saying like that's not, it's not that fluky, right? Like they play well enough defensively. They didn't have Draymond. Steph had a really bad game and they still toughed it out with a bunch of guys that played hard and defended and really like rebounded enough. Like, it wasn't like Bam was going 30-20 out there. He only played, like, what, 28 minutes? But, like, I think it was sustainable moving forward. Like, this is a game where you look at the rest of the schedule. I think I heard you talking about it before I came on. You look at the rest of the schedule, they should be building on this and win their next few games. Like, there should be no excuses. Absolutely. They're flying to Orlando. Um, you know, Fitz voice. First game of the road trip, you know. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but it's going to it's, it's be interesting. They have a chance to give a, you know – put a little separation and kind of cement themselves as a playoff team instead of being that fringe team. I mean, isn't this, the Warriors have not won three games in a row. They have not lost three games in a row. It's literally been like win two, lose two, win two, lose one, win one, lose two, like the whole way through. So this is kind of a defining stretch. Hopefully Draymond's back on Friday. They said Looney and Wiseman will be back at some point on the road trip. I don't know if that helps. Uh, because the small ball thing works, but uh, given given the bodies they have, I mean, they can use anyone helping them now. I also want to throw this to anyone anyone who wants to comment. Just make a speaker request. We're going to start bringing you on stage in the next few minutes. So uh, we're we're curious to hear from everyone. But um, let's see what else is there to talk about in this game right now. Oh, Kelly Oubre. By the way, Kelly Oubre has been sneakily shooting the ball well for like a month plus now. And no one's willing to, no one's talking about it because he had the, I really can't think of a player who played worse than Kelly Ray played like the first two weeks of the season. Nope. And it's, it's funny how that just kind of, you know, he's still, he still makes some of the same mistakes, but it's, I thought he played a great game tonight. I thought he was all over the place and he hit a lot of, uh, he hit a lot of shots that, save the game from getting out of hand. A lot of, you know, they're down 10 points and he hits a three to get them within seven. They're down 12. He he gets a key bucket offensive rebound to bring it back to 10 points. Just a lot of those little plays that maybe go unnoticed because Steph hits the hero theatric shots at the <laughs> end. But like that stuff doesn't matter if, if guys like Ubre aren't making plays the whole way to get you there. Did you... Did you see? By the way, thanks everyone for joining, um, for coming out here. I know it's like ten o'clock on a on a weeknight, but I mean, what else are you doing? Um, did you see the transition play uh, where where Kelly Oubre, you know, kind of started on the left side of the floor, then like drifts over to the middle of the floor with the ball in his hand, kind of waits for Steph to run to the corner or the wing there above the break, like you were saying, where he shoots like eighty five percent from. Then he makes a pass over to Steph. Uh, in, in kind of semi-transition, and Steph makes, like, I think it was, like, the second three, first or second three of the game. He was, like, two for ten at the time. And I remember watching that play and thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Did, did I just 
was was that I had a little bit of a flashback to like Andre Godala and and more impressive. More impressive, Ubre getting two assists or Steph getting eleven assists. <laughs> right, like yeah, I, I exactly. mean, it might be the two assists. It might be the you know Steph could probably average ten assists a game if he had guys that could finish every game. But I it just kind of it just it felt like Kelly Ubre is. I don't want to jump the gun, but it feels like he's kind of understanding how the offense works, or at least how to play with Steph, Steph Curry and kind of knowing where he wants to be at all times. Um, and I saw a few other possessions kind of off the ball. Kelly Uber is kind of like patient enough and waiting. It's like you tweeted, Sam, about him kind of setting a back screen uh, for Steph and Steph missing the shot, but he's setting a back screen for him. And I'm just sitting there and just, I'm in shock. Oh, I don't know. I honestly, I didn't know how to feel. I thought he was the, the most fun player of the game. Um, but then obviously Steph took over at the end. But uh, yeah, he was the he was the most fun Warriors player to watch tonight. And uh, what is he shooting? Fifty percent from three in the last ten games or something like that. So just just great stuff all around by him. Four for seven tonight. Yeah, sounds about right. He's uh, he's been playing he's been playing well. I mean he he had a uh, he had a rough start to his Warriors stint, but he's coming <laughs> around now. Now he's uh, now you know throwing the mo- the max contract, Bob. You know, keep him forever. <laughs> So we're going. Uh, should we get some? Should we get some? Uh, should we get some listeners on? Let's get some goons on. Let's see who who wants to. Let's see who wants to talk tonight. All right, we're going in chronological order per usual. Ryan, what's up, what's up man? Can um, you hear us? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you guys. Um, did Culture make Andrew Wiggins hit that corner three? Yes or no? <laughs> You know, that three reminded me the way that he caught it and shot it without putting the ball down. I mean, great pass by Steph putting it in the shooting pocket. Reminded me kind of of Clay Thompson. And I was just sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, we we have uh, we have substantially cultured up Andrew Wiggins. I mean, we've all seen the memes. We've seen the, the gifs. Shout out my guy Tommy with the uh, I don't even know what these gifs are with the Mario one where like the, the culture injection and then he turns into a huge player, but uh, but, but we'll give it, we'll give it to Wiggins. He's he's played well. The Warriors um, appear to be making a difference in his career, so we'll give him that. Great great yeah. defense too on Jimmy at the end too. Shout that out for, for sure for sure. Um, just a quick question. What role players on this year's team would you be happy with if they're on the team next year? Like, a Ooh, great one. question. But yeah, Andy, give me Ken more back if he's on the minimum. He obviously loves Steph. Um, do not give me Brad Wanamaker ever again. <laughs> <laughs> ever again. Ever. Oh, uh, you know he's you know he's back. This fight. <laughs> Stop playing around, man. Stop. Uh, who else, though, Sam? Like, like does Kelly Uber count as a role player? Then do you, would you have him back? I mean, they have the rights to pay him as much as they want if they want to, but the tax penalties would be huge. So I think the question is probably only Kelly Uber. The question is, would you pay him? Do you want him back? Or do you let him leave? Or do you trade him? I think you have to keep him if you don't trade ooh, him. Um, because ooh. they don't, like, who are they getting for a veteran minimum who's better than Kelly Uber? Right? I, and, and I do agree with you. Bazemore, Bazemore you have to keep Bazemore. Um, I don't know that another team's going to give Bazemore a huge contract. Uh, he likes playing for the Warriors. He, he, I mean, tonight was the Kent Bazemore game more than anything, right? Like he, he turned that game. 
Um, most nights, you know, he's not scoring 26 with eight rebounds and three steals and three assists, but, um, most nights he's making a positive impact and he's kind of a player, quite frankly, they could have used like the last couple of years when they were contending for titles with KD, where yep. you're just like, dude, when, the, when like the five or six main guys aren't on the roster, it's just a pain and they could have just used someone like Ken Baysmore. So I think you keep Baysmore, um, Juan Toscano Anderson. I would bring him back too. He's getting a spot right, probably. Yeah. Yeah, Mulder and Mulder, Mulder and Damian Lee. Lee. Yeah, I feel like guys? you need one of them. Maybe I wouldn't be mad if both of them came back, but like at least one of them fills a role as that shooter off the bench who can change the energy. Um, so I think that's where we're at, right? You know, it, honestly, they only played nine players tonight, and none of them were big men. So I don't even know how many roster spots they have, but. That's where I'm at with them. Yeah, I think, like, uh, to cap that off, they got a lot of nice energy pieces, but you can't rely on these guys across a full season, and that's where you need Clay Thompson to be good, right? You need Draymond Green to actually look at the basket once every few weeks. Um, You need James Wiseman to be, you know, a semi-decent player by the middle of next season, maybe, hopefully. Um, And and hopefully you get another guy with the taxpayer mid-level, right? Maybe you use – maybe you trade the draft pick, right? Like – a lot of these guys, that Wolves, not, that Wolves pick turns into a player in some capacity, right? I, yeah, I, I think so. I would, I would right now looking the way that Steph is playing. Maybe not Wiseman. Maybe you need him. Maybe, maybe you don't want to trade him. You've invested too much. But like, yeah, with these guys, like you can't expect Ken Bazemore out here to score 15 points a game. Like that's not him. But he'll have a Ken Bazemore game, like you, like you said. Michael Mulder, same thing. Fantastic shooter, but you can't rely on him all season, right? Damian Lee had a nice month, but now he's kind of off the map because that's who he is. Like, these guys are not – they're fringe NBA players, so they're going to have some nice weeks. But, like, they're not – like, Kelly Oubre is paid $14 million and he and he can actually play basketball as much as, you know, the Warriors fans and us love to hate him for a bit. But, like, he can stay on the floor for a season. That's not what you can get out of most of these guys that they're playing right now. So I feel like, I feel like we're getting at the main point, which is, like, there's nothing wrong with these players. And, obviously, Steph's still one of the best players in the league. Uh, what the Warriors need really is to add like another impact guy. So guys like Baysmore or Wiggins or Ubre or whoever it may be can kind of get into a role that's more comfortable for them in terms of a team that's really contending. Like this team needs to add one more big time player. Um, and I don't even mean that in the sense of like, Kate, like obviously it'd be great to have KD, but um you know, they, they need to add one more guy who's game to game reliable in the way that like Clay Thompson and Draymond Green have been reliable. And then everything makes sense, right? Then, then Camp Bazemore can be like your eighth man and like random games will turn the energy for you, but you're not like counting on him to be that guy every night. I, I think of like the way that Jordan Clarkson is playing right now. Like he's playing right. out of his mind, but like that's a perfect fit. Like, like that's, that's someone like he's not a star. Like Zach Levine's not like he's not really a star, but like he's a little bit too high up, maybe. Oh, he's playing. He's playing like a he's playing like a star these days. But yeah, he, his shot is so butter. Like it is, it's so pretty. <laughs> like it, it's it's beautiful. It, his yes. step back is beautiful. Perfect balance through like both sides, left, right to the. I mean, it's it's amazing. But uh, the, like it's hard for the Warriors to get someone like that, right? Like they'd have to trade a lot to get him. So I'm thinking of someone like Jordan Clarkson. Someone like who the who the Nuggets have off the bench, Will Barton, right? Like some type of score there that's a little more reliable, but that's also dependent on what Steve Kerr wants. Like Steve Kerr likes Brandon Wanamaker, and we know why. 
Right. He holds the ball. He doesn't turn it over. Solid defense moves the ball. Right. He's not a ball hogger. But like end of the day, the Warriors kind of need someone that can actually score. Be kind of a ball hogger. You can only have you can have so you can only have so many guys like Juan Toscano um, because those guys aren't going to be able to score. They can only do they're 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 not good enough um, on offense. Right. I feel, I feel like the Warriors like they have their like eighth to fifteenth man and they have like their first two to three guys, but they need to figure out that like fourth to seventh man in the rotation. That's really what we're talking about. Like, if they want to compete next year, it's finding a couple of those guys. I'm going to move this forward. We, we got yep. Max. Max, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. What's up? Thank you uh, so much uh, for this. I, I've Bruce listened- Lee, AV. Love that. All right. I've listened to you guys for so long, uh, and uh, Andy, y- y- you you are truly uh, my idol. I love you too, Sam, but uh, Andy's my guy. <laughs> You're my guy, brother. You are my guy. Uh, so uh, I'm on the East Coast too, but I, you know, when when Steph is on, uh, I, I I can't not watch. Uh, so I, I I think this is the best win of the season for a couple reasons. Uh, one, Steph did not play well. Uh, two, we were undermanned. We didn't have Draymond. Three, this is the first time we're three games above 500 uh, on the season, and. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think I I would say it is the best win of the season. What what do you guys think? I think it's up there, Max. I think okay. So if you were to ask me, best wins of the season would be um, okay. So we can vote on it. This game, the Laker game, the Clipper game. Am I forgetting any, Andy? I feel like that's. I mean. The short maybe maybe, of, maybe um, the Spurs when they kind of rolled them for forty eight straight minutes. Wiseman had like twenty five, like twenty plus points. But yeah, those would be the top three. Yeah, and I feel like you could argue it in any direction. Um, I think this is up there. I feel like when you consider how under okay, so obviously the Lakers and Clippers are more talented than the Heat, but this is obscenely undermanned, right? Like there's no other way around that. So I'm willing to accept this as the best one of the season. Um, I think I feel like I would go with the Clipper game, honestly. Maybe I don't know. That's me. But um, I know why. I know why you're going with the Clipper. You're going with the Clipper game because Steve actually put shooters around Steph and blew the game, <laughs> and, and, blew, and blew the game open. Like I, I'd agree. Like that's a game where you're watching and you're saying like, oh, look what happens when you actually play guys around Steph. But uh, I, I, I see the argument for this game. And Confirmation bias. <laughs> it's true. The more I think about it, I'd probably go this game just just because this was a game that I felt like. Like like the Lakers weren't they're sleepwalking for three quarters, like if not more. And the Clippers, they, the Clippers, Clippers, like that's what they do. Like they choke when it when it comes down to crunch time. Um, so I, this was a game that I felt was like yeah, it's a decent team across the floor. They're relatively healthy. Nobody really has COVID right now, right? Like they got the full team there. Um, solid defense, but like this was a game that I think I think t- you're looking back at it ten uh, a month a month or two months from now. I think this is a game that they're gonna say like, hey, this helped us kind of push like us into the top five seeding wide, right? Like solidify them top five, top four uh, in the West conference and be an actual playoff team instead of what are they right now? Seven seed. They've been hanging in the seven, eight, nine, ten range. Like, I think this, this is something that along with the schedule in the next couple of weeks, is going to get them to, to become a, a, a real playoff team. Um, and hopefully they get wise. A safe, a safe play playoff up. team. Who's not a, uh having anxiety attack every time mm-hmm. uh, they lose a game and we look at the standings. Thank right. you, Max. Keep moving. 
Um, let's see. Actually, by that, we should look up the standings right now. Let's see where the Warriors are at right now. This is where I'm, this is where I'm at. So 16 and 13 puts them up to the seventh seed right now. Very close. They're, they're fighting there. But we're going to bring on next up, Luke. Boys, Luke, what is up, my man? <laughs> Good. What's oh, boy. Up, man? Here we go. Here we go. I had to, had, had to hang, up the, hang, hang up the work phone to watch the rest of the game. I was fucking triggered. Hey, how good was it? <laughs> why, why, didn't they dub, why didn't they double step at the end of the game? What the fuck? What was going on there? I, I, I got to give, give my guy Spo some respect here. He's, he's not trying to junk it up with gimmick defenses to win. He's trying to, he's trying to win like a man in the, in the true culture bowl right now. That's all we got going on. This is this is the pure culture bowl. I'm going to take the W the way we can get it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. As as you guys said, I'm really proud of the boys. They did really well. Um, I wanted to ask you a uh, couple things. Uh, how uh, how far away are you two boys away from? Uh, what would their record have to be in two weeks for you guys for Andy to talk himself into the, one of these guys knocking out all the Lakers or the Clippers in a surprise round in the playoffs? Have you seen that schedule that's coming up? Do Do you want to believe? Do you want to believe? That's what I'm saying. Like, when, because we had one of those days where everything kind of the, the blue moon day, where like everything I get smiley going off. You got fucking everyone going off. So what's 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 the what's the play? What are we, what are we what are we what are we thinking now? We, have we changed our thoughts in regards to the the front office? What they're going to do? Because I don't know if you boys saw the Discord. Is um did you guys see the Steve Kerr pod with Tim? Welcome. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, that's an interesting question. I, I do agree with you, Luke. It's the more they're fighting to be in playoff range, the more you have to consider going all in with a trade, particularly when you look at the Lakers. Like, you know, in the Anthony Davis situation does not look like it's getting better. Um, they don't look as dominant as they looked last year. Excuse 100%. me. Um, the Clippers are... Uh, well, they're the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> the Utah Jazz, I mean, I, I think the Jazz are good, but I don't think there's some, you know, insurmountable mo- – like, right. there's no team the, – we had um, – I was talking with – who is it? We had a Haverstraw on the show earlier this year, and he he basically said he thought the Warriors were one player away from being a real contender. Yeah. And I kind of still feel the same way about them. Like, obviously – Clay Thompson is one player, but he's not coming back this year. Yeah. And so that that's kind of what we're looking at him right now. It's like, how all in can they go this year versus playing the long game? They've they've certainly loved to tell us this is not what this year is about. They're playing the long game. But like the more you look at the NBA this year, the more you're like, they're they're really one player away from being a contender with everyone else. And 100%. You, you, you don't know how it's gonna play out in the next month, but um I think they have to consider it. If they if they have a great road trip, if they end up the road trip, let's say nineteen and fourteen, they're all of a sudden the sixth seed. Yeah, they have to start considering making that move, right? It's human. It's human nature, right, boys? Like it's human nature. If Steph gets hot next four or five games, right, they should win. They're, they're in with a chance these next four or five games, right? They can win them. Surely Steph goes to like Draymond, they have a little chat in the locker room, they go, "Fuck, we're in with a chance here." You know what I mean? Like we get one, if we get one decent piece. What can what kind of damage can we do? Do you know what I mean? Because like, absolutely, he's still still one of the best players in the game. Let's be like, you know, he's still he's the best player in my mind at the moment. So what's the? Do you know what I mean? It's only going to be natural what you just said. 
the next two weeks where they go, okay, can we really evaluate what we're doing here? Like, Kerr's going to find it very hard to push back on. You know what I mean? I, I think I think the only thing with that is, what's the player? Who's the player? And then yeah. who do they have to give up for the player? I, I think is the only thing. Like, they they can't trade anybody that they have right now because nobody wants those players outside of James Wiseman and yeah. and the Minnesota pick. So if you trade one of them, who are you getting? I don't think they get fair value back. If you package both of them and maybe some future picks, then you can start talking about Bradley Beal. But then I don't think the front office wants to do that. And I think that's the problem. And that's why I keep saying, I don't think they're going to do anything like that. I don't think they're going to even come close to that. I don't know if I agree, right? But I just like, to me, it's just like, that's maybe that's a front office problem. And, and nobody wants Pascal. Nobody wants Jordan Poole. Nobody wants Alan Smiley Geach. Like those aren't guys. Like it's not shaking. Yeah, no one's no one's giving you. Uh, yeah, no one's giving you Pascal Siakam for Smiley. Sorry, that's right. That's right. One one more like, before I, I go. So I know this off off topic, but can can we can we just not talk about again that Chris Haynes tweet? Like dead set. That was, <laughs> that was a fuck. excuse my language, uh, God, chat, but that was fucking disgraceful. How how can you be how can you be a media and write that with a straight face? Are we are we serious right now? Well, have you seen media? The Nuggets are eight, and everyone's calling the fucking MVP. And Steph's running around with two way players and G League players. What what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> hey, look, look, you're not, you're not getting what, any pushback from me or Andy. Yeah. Oh, I just yeah. mate, I, I think that was one of the most borderline ridiculous tweets I've seen of 2021. That's like, that's got to be called out. It's fucking disgrace. Anyway, I know you got other guests, but cheers, boys. Appreciate you as always, Luke. Oh man, I was uh, I was hoping he'd had a Justinian Jessup update. I heard he's playing well again, but uh, maybe next time. Maybe next and maybe, time. maybe we can, maybe we can trade Jessup for an All Star. <laughs> he's playing <laughs> Sunday, boys. He's playing Sunday. Sunday. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Sunday okay. your time zone or Sunday our time zone? No, 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 Sunday my time zone, and it'll be so it'll be it'll be Saturday night your time, I think. Uh, oh, we can get back to back. We can get uh, yeah. we can get Lamelo versus the Warriors, then we can get some Jessup. Yeah, oh, wow. man, yeah. man, buck, buckle up. Look, let's do it. Let's do it. Warriors positivity, <laughs> I love it. How good is it, guys? Well done. Get on board, like Steve Kerr said. Get on board. Stop hating. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love Cheers, it. guys. Appreciate right, it, Luke. Have a good night. All right, let's wow, keep cooking. God, he's, he's the best. Uh oh. All right, we got John. something new. I love it. All right. What, Yo, what's up, dude? Sam, you the man. Andy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so. <laughs> nah, just kidding. You're cool, I too. I love it. Um, and she, you rock, man. But, hey, you know, the dubs need something like this. They need the energy to come up in their D. Ubre, Bays, they're pests. They needed pests for a while on the championship teams. It's nice to have them now. You better to have a better roster. We ain't getting shit for Poole or Pascal or any of those other bums. Freaking smiley hitting threes in the G League. Like some, I don't know, useless piece of garbage. What are we going to do with him? I don't know. Right? Like, we're screwed on those roster spots. And, like, you know, they need to do something. Package a first-round pick with one of them or something to get that roster cleared up. But then if we do, you know, Bob's just going to go crap his pants and get us another piece of crap to go at the end of our bench. So I'm not too confident that that's going to work out either. You know, maybe we'll get Steph to recruit some people. I mean, maybe he can step up and do something because it's clear that the front office ain't doing shit. Who do you want Steph to recruit? You know what? 
that's a real that's a real tough call because it's like like okay who, who's Steph gonna bring in well, you know his brother I don't know like you know like who am I to have Steph target let's find a nice person to have him target you know you would have thought he could have recruited people this off season right where where's Gasol you know where's um, you know any other big man we could have brought in here I mean it's kind of it's kind of a shot at Steph of like how can you not get someone in here. You know, is it Draymond? Is there another reason we can't get someone in here? I mean, what the hell? John, after after that game, you got this energy coming in. I love it. Oh, man, just shots all over. Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, the players, even the, even Steph Curry. Wow. You got to, man. Make you, happy. you can't, you can't wow. be just celebrating this. Like, like, you're awful right now. They're not in the bubble anymore. <laughs> like, we shouldn't be happy about this. I mean, we should be happy that we won with a bunch of people under 6'7". Like that's freaking awesome. That sucks for the Heat. Bam should have killed us tonight. It's a. I mean, he should be looking at himself and like, what the fuck? That post movie put late in the game. He could have been doing that the whole fucking game. That was pretty he funny. He, he is not a post up guy. Um, not, I know. A... He, I know. He's an elbow guy. But he did that. He didn't do it from the post. He did it from the elbow driving in. Right. He could have been doing that all game. Yeah, he's a. He's a. Uh, he's a. He's, he'd be a perfect warrior. Uh, back to the basket. Split true, true. cut make the right backdoor path. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. That's just, just beautiful. He's just what beautiful. we wish Wiseman will be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think part of that was, you know, I, I think when the Warriors are looking to recruit people, I think they're looking to recruit these veteran players that want to win a championship, right? And they looked at this team. Yeah, I mean, Steph is great. Draymond is great, but these teams felt like, hey, we'd rather go to. Uh, we'd rather go to a team like the Lakers that are right on the precipice. Nick Batum would rather go to the Clippers. They were right there, right? Even Avery Bradley, who didn't play tonight, but the Miami Heat just came off of a finals run, right? And so I think they looked at the Warriors. And hey, said, that, oh, not, not, a re- not a real finals. Like, no one, come on. Just, they, want, they, want a, they want an AU tournament in Orlando. Nothing special. Seriously. Right. I'm with you. I'm John, with you. appreciate you. We're going to keep moving. Thanks, Look. No one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash lightyears now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. 
getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash light years and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash light years and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash light years. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Oh, we got we got Wiseman for rookie of the year. Yo, what how's it going? All right, guys. Good. What's this up? What's game up, just proved that the 2020 NBA Finals was a Mickey Mouse uh, <laughs> award. Can we can we just talk about how many teams have come out of the bubble looking like absolute garbage? This Heat team, these uh, the Nuggets are looking awful. Let me know what your guys' thoughts on this. Is hey, Andy? I, oh, I thought he was going to keep going. I was ready. I'm just sitting here enjoying, just vibing. Just, just, uh, I mean, I, I just, I think we need to have an honest conversation about it. Was the bubble a real title? Is it time to have that conversation or are, are they going to come for us? Are we, are we once again going to get thrown in Twitter jail? Steph average is 50 in those bubbles. Are you kidding me? Well, 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 Jamal Murray was average. Like, well, if you look at the, uh, the numbers in the playoffs, like across like a series or something, it's like the most threes ever made. You've got like Steph Curry, right? Uh, at number three. And then you've got Donovan fucking Mitchell and Jamal Murray, like in number one and two. And like, what are we, do- what? And then, and then on top of that, now that you mentioned that it took six games for the Lakers to beat this team. The thing about the Warriors is people always try to make fun of them and say it took them six games to beat the, uh, the, the 2015, Cle- 2015 Cleveland Cavaliers, which is like, which is always which is always the rub against them, and you you turn back on it took six games to beat this team. What a, Tyler Hero was a rookie, you know. I mean, Duncan Robinson looks like he, he's just a taller Michael Mulder. Um, I don't know, I'm with you. Uh, there, there's no defense. Well, also there's no defense being played in the NBA right now. Uh, I think Sam threw up some numbers the other day, or it might have been this morning because he tweeted at 6 a.m. Some numbers about just the league. Hey, start your day early. I mean, the Warriors are a top five defensive team. Top, I should just tell you about what, yeah. what's Do going on in the league five? now. Yeah. 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 All right. We appreciate you. We're going to keep moving. It's non- nonstop good content from the callers. Uh-oh. Hello? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yes. What is up? What's what up, you guys? This is literally my first time on here, so. Join the nice. ready to, to roll. Ready to um, roll. What you got? Ready to roll. Honestly, my biggest takeaway from this game is for the first time in a long time, Steph didn't stop being aggressive. You know, and no matter like how bad he was shooting, he kept going. Like usually, he would just start passing and forcing things, and it would like literally annoy everybody on Twitter. Be like, dude, you can't just take five shots. Like even earlier in the first half when he was doing so bad. He didn't like stop shooting, he just continued. And I was like, I love it. You know, keep going, keep doing it because you're going to get the shot in once. And we, and he got it in the most important time. And another thing that really stood out for me was that inbound pass at the end, um, why they played one on one. I don't know if you guys noticed, it was because it was a weird formation. They changed it on the spot, Golden State. Believe it or not, it was a call on the side from Steve Kerr because Steph saw it. He got open off the rip. Like, it wasn't even a second, and he called ISO right away. And I don't think that he meant to do that. 
it was just a mistake on their defensive side. And Steph saw it and was like, I got to take this. It looked like it was more of a plan to use Steph as a decoy. Nana with uh, better observations than uh, than Sam watching these games. Yeah, should be my should be my co-host. I think I think uh, no, I think that's a great point with the with the isolation because um, they spend a lot of that game doubling Steph and, and Steph. You know, Steph being Steph, and this to your first point is he's willing to give the ball up and he's willing yeah. to relocate and he's willing to kind of do what he does. And and yeah, you're right. This is one of the few games where he said, you know what, I'm just going to keep chucking twenty threes. Like that's a James yeah. Harden line. You know, that's his like record. That's, that's his career high, I think. That's his career high. He's never done this before. That's his career high, 20 chuck threes. But in that, like, it also made me realize, you know, with other guards like Dame, um, um, Kyrie Irving, even if you put KD on there, they get this luxury where they get guarded one-on-one in the clutch all the time. So if you see, like, Dame's game winners or Kyrie's game winners, it's always ISO one-on-one. And... Steph never gets that luxury. He has to find a way to get open or get off the ball. So to see him today, he saw for the first time he had an opportunity late in the game where the defense made a mental error where they had him open. They could they didn't even put Jimmy on him. They, he saw he was one-on-one with none and called the ISO play, which I don't think he has ever been able to give us since like late in his 2013, 2014, when he broke out year around that, those years. Because it was interesting to see for the first time. Because I watch all of Dame's game winners; they're always one on one, and Kyrie's they're always one on one. So when you compare the guards and stuff like that, it's always interesting to realize that one is getting guarded one on one all the time versus this guy getting throwing janky defenses. And I kind of respect Miami for going straight up, you know. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's such a first off, that's such a Eric Spolstra thing to just play him straight up instead of trying to trap him and go junk defenses. To your point, I want to bring this up because I have to double check it. Steph is only taking 23s in one other game. That was last, mm-hmm. that was two years ago. It's the Sacramento Kings and KD's last year. Um, somehow, I didn't know this. Marcus Smart has taken 22 threes in a game. I'm very bothered by the fact Marcus Smart is taking more threes <laughs> in a game than Steph Curry. And I don't know how we got there, but um, I, I do agree with you. Steph doesn't get enough isolation opportunities. It's it's by virtue of the offense, um, but I also feel like he he kind of has to pick his spots a little better. Like a, he tonight, he got those opportunities that he wanted to. Did you watch but, the Spurs game, the one where Draymond just chucked the three up? Yes. I think Draymond. Unfortunately, ultimate, unfortunately, ultimate we all watched mistake. it. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about that game is, I was shocked they didn't double step in that game, and to end in that because it was a it was an opportunity available. Before Draymond didn't even, I don't think Draymond thought that. I didn't even know why Damon inbounded it to Draymond. He could have inbounded straight up to um, Steph because for the, he was actually one on one far into the court, and that never happens, especially down three in a game on the line. They they wouldn't even have fouled Steph in that situation. Um, because um, and I don't know why when Steve Kerr came out and said I, I should have told Draymond. I mean that's something you discuss in the timeout. Hey, by the way, don't try to throw a three pointer because. Eric Spolzer doesn't do this. And as a coach, you have to discuss that. You can't say, I should have told him after the game because Draymond would not even have thought of that. Classic. You know, who knows what Steve Kerr should or shouldn't be doing. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's Steve Kerr is on his vibe. You know, to be fair, I, I actually think the problem with some of the Warriors role players is that they make a quick read with Steph. They're like, hey, he's coming off a screen. He's not open. Let's move the, let's move the ball around, right? And I think some of this is on the player. Some of this is on Steve. But there's there's no issue if you just hold the ball an extra second and kind of just force it to Steph. 
and just yeah, get him the actual ball. Yeah, you don't have to swing it the other way that quickly. They don't. I don't think they. Um, the offense is too fast for some players like Kelly. It is extremely <laughs> too fast for him. <laughs> so that's like, a very polite. That's a very yeah, polite way to put it. Like to like, I put it that way because like he is not assuming Steph is gonna relocate to the same corner Steph left five seconds ago, and he's over here clogging up that corner. And Steph, when he relocates, he has to go again one more round. It's very exhausting because that would have been two um, offensive. Usually what would have happened to me would have been two different kind of offensive um, um, rotations versus doing them all in one place, which is why, like, Kelly, like I feel this offense is too fast for him. Either he has to learn, like, this is all about film studies and um, preparation because he's got to understand how to get out of Steph's way. Like, even if that means watching Steph as he walks around and just figure out a way to let him be himself like I know Wiggins found out like Wiggins is never in steps away like he's always giving him his space and speaking of Wiggins I would really appreciate because um I live in Minnesota and I've watched this man play basketball and he's a freak of nature yeah Yeah, unfortunately he's a freak of nature like I don't understand why he does not take the ball in like it literally has to be the most irritating thing about Wiggins if you guys only knew how dominant this guy was. Like, we used to see practices where they used to let us in to go watch their practice. Uh-huh. And Wiggins, the things he would do to players during practice, you'd be like, that's not human. Like, this guy could be LeBron James if he wants to. That is how great he is. He just chooses not to be. Is the insanity part. Like, if people really knew who he, Like, anybody that plays with Wiggins, you saw what Butler said when he played with Wiggins. It literally frustrates you because you know he can do it. It's, it's just a mentality thing. At least he brought defense this year. That wasn't even part of his Minnesota game. He would literally stare at you and say, whatever. You were getting like 30 <laughs> points on him. Like, at least Golden State, he's a good defender now. But now the issue is, I don't really necessarily want Wiggins to take as many shots on the outside as people like in Golden State. Yeah. Really want I would rather he yeah. drives the ball. And that really opens up for Steph. Like, absolutely, you have no idea. If they have to double and triple Wiggins on the inside, what can you do on the outside? You can't double Steph on the outside because Wiggins can get buckets anytime he wants. And once he realized that, I think he's unstoppable. Just like as Wiseman, like once he gains confidence, I think that's the only thing missing in his game, learning, just being confident. He's absolutely not confident at all. He's, he's like scared. He plays very scared. Once he gains a little confidence, I don't, I don't think they, this offense could even be stopped. I don't think they need another piece because Clay comes back. You're going to get a couple of decent role players in the offseason. And you're definitely a title cont- contender team with Wiseman if you just realize his ability and what he can do. Because he kind of like is not confident he's just like very scared he plays scared and you can't play scared in the nba <laughs> the chat is saying we should give andy spot on the, the <laughs> podcaster and then there's like five other people asking if you're willing to uh but like put put in a, on the dunked on podcast have to replace <laughs> fits um you you have some fans right now we'll give you that but i do agree <laughs> with you you are you are right wiggins no matter how well he plays, it's, frust- it's frustrating because you're like, you know, he's capable of more. You you see that one high, you see that highlight play from me. You're like, why don't you do that more often? Why don't you do that more often? Yeah, like I know we got comfortable. He started shooting forty percent from the three point line, but yeah, that's not last. People only understood. Yeah, it's not gonna last. But if you, because he's not a shooter, if people only understood how dominant this guy is in the paint, like. He's actually six foot eight. People don't realize he's not he's not as short as people make him as. He's he's six foot four who can literally jump above a seven footer. He's extremely athletic. He cannot be stopped if he chooses to put that in his head. Like we used to see, um, I actually met Wiggins in real life, and I um, his barber is my cousin. We used to be in Minnesota, um, Kutu, and 
we, people would have these chats with him. Like, and he would just sit there and say, like, you know, he doesn't know why he does the things he does on the court. Like, the guy just needs a personal, I don't know, life coach next to him or something. Because he's, <laughs> he, he's capable of this. Not like he doesn't have the talent. That's the issue. Like, it's one thing if you say you don't have the talent and people can give up on you. Like, most other, like, first-round picks, they give up on you because you clearly don't have the NBA talent. With Wiggins' case, he's got the talent, just not using it. And that's a rare case because you've never seen somebody with the talent who doesn't utilize it. Get that barber to get him to fix that beard, first of all. That's my first Oh, part. he doesn't have him anymore because he's got he, – he looks rough now that, now that he's in California because he wasn't looking like this in Minnesota. <laughs> Because like, he's a Minnesota barber, you, you you can't come. Like the guy only flies over there here and there for him, but he has got a big clientele here because he's the same barber for Car Anthony Towns and D'Lo and all those guys. Because he's still here. Yeah, Wiggins don't speak either. That's that's the one thing you talk about confidence and you talk about the skill stuff. Like he doesn't he doesn't talk. Uh, he doesn't talk to media. He, there's no features done on the guy. He doesn't seem to speak to anyone even off the record. So I, I don't know. He, he's a weird. He's a character in the way that he has no character, uh, it seems, or no personality. But uh, but yeah, there's no a good fire season. Thing. There's no fire. I mean, players need I guess that. Like, there's only so much. Yeah. Sometimes when you watch the game, and I don't know, people get mad at Green Draymond Green when he gets technical. I love it because it puts a fire on the roster. You need that sometimes. Sometimes you need to have that extra push with um um Andrew if he developed that. If Wiggins developed some type of you know fire in his game. He would be feared way more than he is right now. Because right now you look at him, he looks like a, looks like a very passive guy. Just like you're not really bothered by him, even if he's shooting 40% from the three-point. Like you look at him like, yeah, whatever. Like he, you're not scary, buddy. Kind of like when people look at Carl Anthony Towns, because he's extremely talented. Like never seen a center who can get you 30 points on like 10, 15 shots, can hit over 40% from the three-point line while attempting seven three-pointer, and nobody fears him. You walk into Minnesota, you don't fear anything about him. Because there's no fire to that person, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, it's it's how long Draymond Green can yell at him. Um, he's got mm-hmm. another season left, so <laughs> absolutely. All right, Nana, we we appreciate you. We're gonna keep All moving. Right, thanks for having me. Thank you, Antonio. What is up? Damn, can y'all hear me? Yes, yeah, sir. We can hear you. What's going yeah, on, it's, man? It's crazy. Um, I was gonna go on. I was gonna say two things. One, just an up from the game. It was hella interesting. Like I kept seeing like Wiggins and Butler like talking and laughing, and I couldn't help but wonder what they were talking about. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I don't know. I wonder if Butler was giving him props or what? Because they were smiling and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I mean, you know the Minnesota stories. Can we can we talk about this? So remember the whole Jimmy Butler trying to get out of town, town stories, Um, and he was trying to force a trade, and we all assumed he had a major issue with Wiggins and I feel like his time's gone on. It might've been more of a Carl Anthony Towns thing. I don't know. I want Andy's opinion on this one. <laughs> I need, I need to know where Andy lies on this one because you know, Jimmy was just, Jimmy was just trying to raise hell to get out of town, which, you know, the NBA has proven if you make enough noise, you will get what you want because no one's ever going to tell you no. But um, but I was, uh, you know, do you think he had a bigger issue with the Wolves with Wiggins or with Towns or both? <laughs> Sam, Sam asking me this is fun. Yeah, I think he had a big Look, like I love Cat. You know, if the Warriors could trade for Cat, would do that in a second. But, yeah, the issue was with Cat, right? Cat cares more about the numbers. I think part of the numbers than winning, I think part of that is like the organization that you go to, which is like kind of sucks for Anthony Edwards. It's like 
can you turn around the culture? Oh my, I can't believe I just said that. I did not actually mean to say that. But it's culture. <laughs> Minnesota culture. Yeah. Right, Antonio? Like, like that's the thing. Like, to, to me, it's it's some of this is nature nurture stuff. But with a lot of these players, like, if you're put in a good situation, um, like Steph Curry would have been great anywhere. You put Steph Curry on the New York Knicks, like. Oh, he would have changed I mean, the Minnesota Steph, culture. Steph turned the Warriors yeah. culture. The, the yeah, Warriors were the Warriors were the Knicks and the Wolves. Yeah. So, um, and the second quick thing, I feel like I might waste a chance of time because everybody mad at me, but like, I'm a big fan of Jordan Poole, <laughs> and <laughs> it just frustrates me. Like, I just really like after today. I don't know if you guys saw the game. It made me want to give up on him, but then not like, <laughs> like that. Like last game, he dropped 32, right? Yeah, one one play where he just drove, throws the ball hella in front of him, does a freaking step back from the left wing and just makes a four-point play, and it's freaking amazing. And then today, it's weird. Like, he he obviously has the dumb foul where he gives up the four-point play, but before that, he has an end one to make them go up by four points. And then in overtime, he has a sweet assist, and then he has this good drive to the rim where he does that D-Wade ball fake, and then he hits the layup. And then after that, he he does the, gives up and one and almost gives up the game. And it's like, I see the flashes of him being like a, a mini Jordan Clarkson, like almost, but it's just like, is it just time to quit on him? Like, I know people been quit on him, but like, I see it. It's just like, uh, I'm just stubborn. Like, he, thinking he's gonna do something. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, Antonio, th- thanks for the thanks for thanks for tapping in. 55 minutes. We're talking about Jordan Poole. Shouts to you. Um, has, here's the thing about like fringe NBA players, right? Like like Baysmore and Mulder and and Damian Lee is that like they'll have some good moments, then they'll have some shitty moments. Just think about Jordan Poole. He's a fringe G League player. So he'll have some good moments in the G League. Then he'll have some really bad moments. He made two of the dumbest fouls I've literally ever seen in, in my existence as a basketball fan uh, from, from middle school to now at the end of the game. And like to me, it's like if you're averaging 25 points on 25 shots in the G League, look, he's not Jacob Evans. Jacob Evans couldn't average four points in the G League. So it's like, all right, like that was a miss. At least Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole can score. But if you're just showing flashes in the G League, actually, let's just talk about Alan Smilagic. Because at least he had 19 points efficiently. He actually looked like he was the best player on the court when he played. Right? At no yeah. point does Jordan Poole feel like that. Congratulations. Because I'm going to let you take over here, Sam. <laughs> oh, I have nothing else to add to it. It's just, I mean, your point stands. I think, the, to me, this is going to be a topic we're going to get into later in, in the season. But it's like, the Warriors are one of the only teams who are sending multiple roster players to the G League bubble. Uh, it's cool mm-hmm. that they show out there, but like you have NBA players on a G League roster. Um, it kind of speaks to poor player valuation. And I mean, there's a lot of dudes out there who are whatever the NBA equivalent of a 4A player is, where you're like, they're clearly a good basketball player, but they're not quite good enough to be NBA players. And Jordan Poole is kind of floating in that range. For me, he just needs to become a much better shooter. Uh, he could be an NBA player if that shot becomes a little more automatic. But right now, he's it's still not there. Antonio, we appreciate you. We're going to keep moving. All right, thank J.M. Stein or Jim Stein. What's up, guys? What is what up? up? Hey, you guys, Um, I usually only listen to you guys, but every once in a while, I, I, I peek in on the, the athletic guys. <laughs> And um, Marcus this week talked about, like, just kind of underrating the West in general. And is it crazy to think that they could be, like, kind of a fringe contender? And um, 
I kind of think he's right, even though he didn't even really want to make the take. Like these top teams aren't that good. It, it wouldn't take that much for us to like be in a competitive series with these teams. Do you guys agree with that at all? I Sam. think they need one. Pl- I think they need one player. I, I I agree with MT in the sense yeah. of none of these West teams are that good. Like the Warriors to me are one pl- player away. If Clay was healthy, I would feel pretty confident about their ability to compete, or at least feel a little better about it in some way. But but without Clay, I still feel like they're at least a player short at minimum. And um, I think that's MT's broader point because I've I've talked with him about it. It's like you know the Lakers are good, the Clippers are good, but they're not they're not so good that you are sitting here going, all right, we get, we should just play for next season and like. Cause we need to add five players to compete with them. To me, the Warriors just, you know, if there's an opportunity to make a big trade, they should consider it because they're not that far off of those teams. Um, just, you know, I, I don't know if that trade exists, but like they're a playerish away from being able to compete with those teams. And that brings us to the Minnesota pick and the trade deadline and Zach Levine and Bradley Beal. Um, I had him as a, the team as is, I had him as getting a couple tweaks, like maybe a PJ Tucker or a Derek Rose, Derek Rose just got traded, but Nemanja Bielitsa, someone like that, right? Like if they can get another solid role player, I did have him finishing the season as a top four seed, um, and, and a top five defense, um, they're top five defense. I don't know if they'll actually end up a top four seed. The Phoenix Suns are pretty good, but yeah, I'm, I'm with Sam. Like you're probably one piece away. I don't know if that piece needs to be a superstar. Um, but, it needs to be an impact guy, though. Yeah, like it, it can't be Jordan Clarkson, which is what I just talked about. It can't be that. Like that guy's not throwing him over the hump. But here's the thing. Here's the other thing. AD, whatever he's going through, he's out for a month. And who knows what's going to happen. Like just because he comes back doesn't mean he's healthy. Paul George seems like his injury is actually worse than AD's. Like it seems like he might actually be out for longer. Those are the two best teams in the West. Like – and then other than that, you've got the Utah Jazz playing out of their minds. But, like, you know, I, I don't know. The Warriors have probably a puncher's chance or a little bit better than that if they're playing them in a series, right? Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns. Like, I don't – like, they don't have to beat all of those teams. Like, they have a shot at it. Um, it's kind of dependent on the injuries on the L.A. teams. But, yeah, I, I think they have a shot at it. But they do need to get one more guy. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of enamored, Sam, with, with Zach Levine. But uh, see if we can get that done. I am too. I mean, anytime you see a dude who's shooting 52, 43 from the field, I say, I mean, it's very easy to fall in love with Levine who doesn't miss anything. Um, let's keep moving. Oh boy, appreciate oh, you, brother. appreciate James son. Oh, we got we got we got a man with a uh, with a James Harden avatar here. Josh, what is up, my man? Oh no, hello. Hey, yeah, Josh, can you hear us? Hey guys, how, how's it going? Thanks for. Um... Let me call in a little bit. I just um, just to get back to, the, to tonight's game a little bit. Um, I, I have a simple message, which is that it's Kent Bazemore's world, and we're all just living in it. Um, I agree with so I agree a, with you. I've got a couple <laughs> couple fun advanced stats here for Bay's just to highlight the season he's having, and then maybe talk a little bit about the role he's playing on the team. The first is in terms of the Warriors' two man lineups. Two of the top three are Bazemore lineups. So it's it's Draymond and Loon at 4.7 plus, Curry and Bazemore, and then Draymond and Bazemore. Uh, and the second one, which is a Bazemore individual stat, which I think is great for him, is this would be the first se- season he's ever 
had a positive uh, net rating. Uh, his closest he came was in 2015-16 with Atlanta. He was minus one. This year, he's 113-0 rating and 107-D rating. Plus six would be by far his, his best year. And, and I think you see it on the floor, the impact he makes, not just with the shooting, but finishing a little bit inside and just kind of playing in Steph's rhythm um, and understanding that the priority on the floor is getting a good shot um, and usually that means a step shot, but sometimes that means relocating and finding something open in the corner. So, I mean, does, does getting Bazemore some more minutes, especially as you get down the stretch, solve some problems for you where we've been struggling to find consistent shooting guys who can hang in there defensively? Ken, Josh, Ken Bazemore kind of is who he is, um, right? And do you remember in the first 10 games of the season who played over him? Oh, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think part I think part of the answer to that question is kind of just like it, it's kind of up to Steve Kerr. Like Steve Kerr knows who Ken Bazemore is. Like the NBA knows who he is, right? Like he got some offers that were probably higher than the minimum contract, but like not that much higher. And, and so he chose the Warriors. He chose Steph because that's his boy, um, and he wanted to play with the Warriors. And I think so. Part of that is like, yeah, he deserves it a hundred percent. I think Michael Mulder should have played more. Damian Lee probably should have played more, right? Jordan Poole should have never sniffed the court. Um, but I think part of it is like kind of what Steve Kerr wants to do um, with the guys. Ken Bazemore has a mix, a lot of bad plays uh, or, or like lower IQ plays, like bad passes, um, some defensive lapses. And those, I think, are some pet peeves that Steve Kerr doesn't want to deal with, um, which is kind of the reason why Michael Mulder never plays um, or doesn't play enough unless he absolutely has to. Uh, is that Steve Kerr is just he'd rather have a guy like Brad Wanamaker who doesn't make as many mistakes, kind of plays a little bit of defense versus the guy that that, you know, may bring more of a spark off the bench. So I'm with you. He should. But, you know, who knows what Steve's up to? He's always up to something. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Um, Bazemore is one of my favorite players on the roster, but they need to do a little better there. Um, Josh, what else you got for us? I mean, you know, I think just a little bit more on Bazemore. I, maybe I, I'm, I'm having Fitz syndrome because I feel a need to <laughs> um, point out a, a positive signing by the front office. But, I mean, right, for the vet minimum, you know, I think it's hard to, to feel like that's anything but a big success. And if, if, it, if it's a Steph culture thing, then thanks, Steph, for bringing in a guy who maybe could have found something a little bit better elsewhere. Um, but in terms of guys that, you know, when you when you start to think about playoff minutes, this is kind of going off a comment that someone made earlier. Um, you know, you start to wonder whether you're better off just not playing someone like Brad Wanamaker in the playoffs if he's going to play at this level the entire year. And I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what Kerr does with the rotations down the stretch, because you're going to want to see that the final 15, 20 games looking something like the rotations you'd want to run in the playoffs. And I, you know, not just because of the big scoring night tonight, but just because I think because of the energy he brings and just because he, you know, for all the boneheaded plays that some of these guys can make, um, I mean, some of the Wanamaker plays just like truly defy logic. Just, just like I'm going to drive in a three on one. So do you think, uh, let, let me ask you this, Josh. So if the Warriors make a deal at the deadline, would you say your, your number one want is, a ball handler so that uh, maybe maybe Brad Wanamaker is not a necessity in the rotation. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit along the lines of Alonzo move. Um, obviously, that's sort of optimistic. I, I sent a random trade in the 
chat a while back. That's like a, a Patty Mills move if the Spurs are looking to, you know, do something. But but someone like that who can make some shots when they, you know, when they're open and just understands that. I mean, I think really more than anything, it's understands that the priority in the game is to get Steph Curry a good look. And then if you're not getting Steph Curry a good look and you haven't taken 15 seconds of your offense to, to figure that out or, you know, a wide open dunk that you've made a bad play. And I think Baysmore understands that, you know, you see him waiting and hesitating someplace before he decides he's going to go try to get his own shot. And I think that's an underrated quality, just waiting to see if something develops that isn't his look, which a lot of guys in this roster are starting to sort of figure out, but it's taken them a bit. No, I agree with you. I agree. It, I mean, it's like, don't we feel this way after during every game where it's like, uh, oh shit, Steph's going to the bench. What is yeah. going to happen in these six minutes? And that just speaks to inability to, generate offense it's funny because i remember like with the um the livingston years where it's like oh they can't get offense and stuff's on the floor and then and then you know you move on to an even worse roster like you know what we were probably complaining a little too aggressively <laughs> with, with that one like it, it could get a lot worse than that you can get, you get brad wanamaker in here uh who's to, to be honest with you i don't think wanamaker is as bad as he's looked i just don't mm-hmm. think he's i don't think he's that guy i think he's I think he's a role player who plays defense and can hit an occasional shot around someone, but he's asked to run a second unit. He's just not that guy. Yeah. And I think he shakes his confidence. I mean, you can see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, it's like one of those things where you're just like, you know, you're waiting and it's a bad situation right around Josh. We appreciate you. Thanks guys. Moving. We're going to get to the last caller here. We're going to use, we're going to get Samuel. Whoa! What the picture is that? Really, Sam? Is that really you? With that, that with the, is that a candle? <laughs> That's really that me. Yeah, what a legend. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Good man. What you got? I, I I just got one statement. So LeBron's whining about MVP votes last year <laughs> and post finals. I want my damn respect speech. We're clearly. <laughs> We're clearly part of a conscious attempt to coerce media into appeasing his thirst for another MVP award after an eight-year dry spell. Best do call you, for last. Do you think any voters will have the courage to not capitulate to these totalitarian demands and will instead choose to uphold the pure, honest, lucid basketball of the people? We're going to second hour. Andy, Andy, block your car. We're going till midnight. This is the best call. I've got new life. Um, that was beautiful. <laughs> I think so. Um, you do bring up a good point. I think it's worth, I think it's worth exploring. Do you think, because is LeBron playing like an MVP to you right now, Andy? Let's, let's just start here. Is he playing like an MVP to you? He is the best player on the best basketball team in the NBA. Except for the Utah uh, Jazz, who are better. It's, it, yeah, I mean, I guess when I, see, <laughs> when I say best, I mean, like, who do I think is actually the best uh, versus the best record? But falling for that Nike he, propaganda. I don't think he's playing better than Steph Curry or Kevin Durant was in, when they were playing together. I don't think he's okay. playing better than James Harden was in the past. When he's on the Houston Rockets, Giannis Antetokounmpo certainly doesn't have the stats. But yes, keep going, Sam. 
I think he's going to win the MVP. I'm not even opposed to him winning the MVP. I agree. But it, it is a um, – if we're being honest with ourselves, the players who are invoking the most emotion in terms of I need to watch them every night, it's Steph Curry. It's Damian Lillard. It's maybe the Brooklyn Nets. Like I, I don't know who on the Nets to – circle out but i know i want to see what kind of weirdness they do every night including like Kyrie saging up an arena um i don't think that the lakers are evoking the emotion of an mvp and i don't know how much that matters i like this should be real i don't know how much it matters but like when i think of an mvp i think of the guy that everyone wants to watch the guy who who makes the television go and i, I just don't think the lakers matter to be honest with you like, at no point am I dying to watch them play with their food for three quarters and then just pound the offensive glass in the fourth quarter and get a W. Like, the there's the nothing Lakers, about their, their game the that's interesting. Are a, yep, I agree. There are a bottom 10 teams in, in terms of entertainment in the league. Like, if you guys listened to the last podcast that we did with Andrew Sharp, he had a great line. Anthony Davis is a very boring basketball player in a very boring basketball career. He's played so far. And watching this Lakers team, it, there's no – like, people come to watch the, the Steph Curry. Like, that is the by far the most entertaining player and the best player in the league. And I think that a lot of this stuff – you know, Luke came on, you know, 20 minutes ago and talked about uh, Chris Haynes and, and Damian Lillard. And I think when you talk about narrative stuff, that's what that's what the NBA media – that's what their their job is not actually covering the league now. Their job is more so, like, who to – who to give praise to so that they can give access to. Like, it's not a dirty little secret. It's not things that anybody doesn't know here. Like, you guys all know this. People will tweet stuff and give stories, fluff stories, just so they can get extra extra access, right? But the numbers bear, like, the numbers are, are what they are. Like, the people the people don't watch the, the Lakers. They won the championship last season, and people did not care. Nobody hates the Lakers, but nobody, like, No, they, they, they invoke the apathy. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. I used to hate the Lakers growing up. Like, there's nothing I hated more than Kobe Bryant. Um, and, you know, th- that changed over time. But, like, I don't think anyone hates this Laker team. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, they're, they're yeah, cool. They're, they're, they're KCP, fine. good defender. Yeah. You, know? you know, it's just, it's boring. It's that, like, you have to, like, evoke emotion out of people in one way or another. And they are just indifferent. It's just the, the most perfect team possible for LeBron right now. Uh, because no one will criticize them because no one cares enough to because they're afraid of getting backlash for having a take about the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. Facts. All right. We're going to end the show here tonight. We appreciate everyone who showed up. We'll be back soon. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.